good to have you in God's house. I thought maybe this morning when I saw the flurries coming down that you'd all have an excuse not to be here. But God kind of changed that so we could gather together in his name. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be in God's house. Uh, we're going to get in a little bit of God's word this evening. And then after that, ask that you just tarry and celebrate with us as some of the individuals uh, following the footsteps of Jesus Christ and just uh, experience some water baptism tonight. Amen. So when I'm finished, we'll pray. Then we'll make some room up here, move the, the podium. You tarry with us. We'll get you out at the normal time. But we just want you to stay and celebrate with those that have come to obey the Lord. Amen. Before we go any further, we're going to go ahead and pray. You can go ahead and put up my first slide. We're going to pray, as always, just ask the Lord to be with us. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are awesome in this place. God, we thank you that there's nothing too difficult for you, Father God. There's no heart, Father God, that you can't change, no mind that you can't set free, no marriage you can't restore, no situation, Father God, that's too difficult for you. I thank you that you're so awesome, Father God, that you can take me, this mortal man, Father God, and fill me with your spirit and your anointing. And I pray that you would do that tonight, Father God, that you would anoint me with your spirit, anoint me with your word, anoint me with your power. And anoint me with your presence. And Father, I pray the same for every individual here, that they would share in that same anointing, that anointing that has the power to just transform us into your likeness. Pray that you would be glorified this evening in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. For those of you who have been with us for the last several weeks, you know that last week we finished up our series on the seven ups of Christianity and all those seven things that we can do in order to advance the kingdom of God and become more like Jesus Christ and prepared for uh, his return. I pray that the series was as much of a blessing to you and a challenge to you as it was to me. And I want you to always remember that I'm the one that always is challenged by the word first before I bring it to you. And I pray and I strive for myself and I pray that it, you strive to do the same, that you not only hear these series, but do you become a, a doer of what you hear? I pray that I become a, a doer before you do and so that I can live up to those same words. But tonight I want to look back even farther than eight weeks to when we were on our spiritual discipline series. I don't know how many of you were with us when we did that, but it was the series on the, the spiritual habits that are able to demonstrate the devotion that we have towards Christ. We looked at some disciplines like prayer and studying the Word of God, serving and fasting and worshiping and giving uh, to, the, to the house of God and even church attendance and some other disciplines that we covered along the way. And I'm not going to teach those uh, disciplines all over again, but I do want you to know that there were some disciplines that we didn't have an opportunity to look at. And I believe that the Holy Spirit would have me look at one of those disciplines that we didn't get a chance to cover uh, before we begin our next series. And I want you to know that there is a series that the Lord is developing in my spirit. I ask that you continue to pray with me that the, that the spirit give me the fullness of, of what he wants us to cover when we go into that. And I'm not going to enter that series until I feel like we're ready, but it'd probably be in the next couple of weeks or so. But anyway, one of the, one of the, the disciplines or all of the disciplines actually that we looked at were based on Paul's words to Timothy in first Timothy chapter four, verse seven, when he said, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. He was saying, discipline yourself for the purpose of becoming like Jesus Christ. And again, I'm not going to go over all of those and, and get into all of that again. But one of the greatest disciplines required in this process of becoming like Christ, in this process of becoming a reflection of the Father, is the spiritual discipline of perseverance. And that's what we're going to look at this evening. It seems like we might be having some trouble, so you'll have to get out your pen and your paper. Oh, you guys have it there. I just don't have it there. That's fine. I'm good without it. 
I've got my notes as long as they have theirs. So anyway, that's the spiritual discipline that we're going to look at. But there is a process, church. How many even know that in order to become like Jesus Christ, in order to become a reflection of the Father, it is a process that we must go through. It would be great if the first day that we invite or ask Jesus Christ to come into our lives, that poof, on that day, we look, talk, act just like Jesus Christ. But the reality is that's not the way it works. The reality is it is a daily process. It is a it is a daily putting off of the flesh. It is a daily crucifying of the flesh. It is a daily surrendering ourselves to the Lord and to the word and to the spirit of God in our lives. In 2 Corinthians 3:18, Paul said that we are being changed into his image from one degree of glory to another. And I'm not going to get into all the theology of that, but it reminds us that God takes us from glory to glory. He'll take us from valley to valley, from mountaintop to mountaintop, from trial to trial, from tribulation to tribulation, from victory to victory, from struggle to struggle, from from joy to joy, from blessing to blessing. It is a lifelong process that God takes us through in order for us to become like Jesus Christ. And in order for that process, church, to be successful, in order for that process that God is taking us through, we must have what is called perseverance. We must exercise on a daily basis this spiritual discipline of perseverance. One of the greatest disciplines required in this process of becoming like Christ is that of perseverance. It is the discipline of standing firm. It is the discipline of being fixed and unmoved in our faith. The discipline of perseverance in the Greek means this. You know, anytime you read the Greek and you read the Hebrew, it means so much more than what we read in the English. But whenever you hear about perseverance, especially in that passage uh, that we're using in Philippians as our foundational scripture, which I'm going to look at at the end and instead of in the beginning. But when he talks about perseverance in the Greek and Hebrew, it means this. It means to continue steadfastly and fixed in a course of conduct, even against opposing forces and motives. It it means three things. It means to maintain your purpose in spite of opposition, discouragement, or disappointment. It means not to give up and not to abandon what has already been started or what has been undertaken in our walk of faith. These are the three things uh, that we're going to look at this evening because these are the three things. When God talks about persevering, this is what it means. We must continue in a course of Christ-like conduct. It means that we must maintain our kingdom purpose here on earth, and it means we must not abandon that which we have started. The faith, the race, the the fight that has already begun in our life. You see, when you accept Jesus Christ in your life, you begin a race. When you accept Jesus Christ in your life, you're starting a fight. When you accept Jesus Christ into your life, you you are beginning this lifelong process of becoming like Jesus Christ. And in order for those three things to happen in our life, we've got to persevere. That's what persevere means. And the first thing that we're going to look at this evening and try to get as much as I can in before we get into baptism. But the first thing that we're going to look at is the fact that we must continue in a course of conduct that has been established by the father, even when we face opposing forces. How many of you know that as soon as we uh, give our life to God, all of these opposing forces come against us, even before you get saved, the reality is you are God's creation and the devil is 
is going to bring opposing forces against you each and every day. But especially when you begin the fight, especially when you begin the race, especially when you try to keep the faith, the devil will release all sorts of things into your life as opposing forces. Even when the devil lose, uh, looses the hounds of hell against our lives, what we are to do is to continue in a course of conduct that has been established for his children. Now, I don't know about you and how you were raised up, but I know in my house, when I was raised up, there was a course of conduct that I was to follow. There was a course of behavior in my household that I was to follow, that I was to adhere to. And listen to me, if I fail to follow that course of conduct in my house, my father was real quick to get me on track and he steered me from behind, if you understand what I'm saying. If I got off course, if I if I fail to follow the course of conduct, Conduct that my father established in my household, he reminded me real fast of what that course of conduct was to be. In the same way, I have a course of conduct that I expect my children to follow in my household as well. It is a course of conduct that glorifies my house. It is a course of conduct that honors my household and honors my name. And if my children, as they were growing up, failed to follow that course, I was quick to uh, I was quick to admonish them. I was quick. To to, to, to correct them. I was quick to discipline them. And I want you to understand our father has the same expectations of us. There is a course of conduct that our heavenly father has for us. And that is to glorify him. That is to honor him. That is to respect him. That is to bring glory to his name. And any time we veer off of that course of conduct that has been established for our lives, God's going to correct us. God's going to discipline us. God's got to do whatever he has to do to get us back on course. Amen. And I pray that we all do the same exact thing. Listen, as Christians, as moms and dads, if we have children, there is a course of conduct we have to set forth in our household. What was it Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to follow this course of conduct. And you need to have one established in your house. If you don't listen, your children won't know how to persevere. They won't learn how to persevere. They won't learn what it means to do what I'm defining this evening. But God has the same expectations of us, church. There is a way. Listen, there is a there is a way that we are to conduct ourselves as God's sons and daughters. There is a way that we are to act. There is a way that we are to talk. There is a way that we are to think. There is a way that we are to dress. There is a way that we are to date. There is a way that we are to marry. There is a way that we are to conduct business. There is a way that we are to, to love one another. There is a course of conduct that the sons and daughters of the Most High God are to remain on and stay fixed on throughout their life. Throughout this race, throughout this thing called faith, and what the devil's going to do, he's going to come into your life and try to get you to change that course of conduct. How many of you know that the devil is going to try to do what he can to chase or to change your conduct in your marriage? He's going to try to get you to change your conduct with your wife or with your husband. He's going to try to get you to change your conduct in your workplace or or in your school or any of the other places. But there is a course of conduct that we must follow in every course of our life. This is our course of conduct. This is the guideline that God has given to us. And I'm going to look at it as we go. But listen, we are to conduct ourselves like Christ. 
Persevering means that we are to conduct ourselves like Christ, even against opposing forces, even when the odds are against us, even when all hell breaks loose against us, even when the sky is gray, even when the bank account is empty, even when hardship and heartache and discouragement and disappointment comes our way, we are to remain on the course that God has established for our lives. What we can't forget is that every day the flesh will oppose the spirit. Every day the flesh will set itself against the spirit. Every day the flesh will try to get you to conduct yourself against God, try to get you to conduct yourself against the word of God, and try to get you to conduct yourself against the spirit of God. You see, the devil's desire for us is to conduct ourselves like heathens. The devil's desire is for us as, as God's children to conduct ourselves like Satan's children. The devil's desire is for us as God's children, as, as, his, as his, his offspring, is to conduct ourselves like the children of the world and the children of darkness and the children of disobedience, church. His desire is for us to conduct ourselves like carnal creatures without any self-control. And the reality is he will use everything at his disposal to get you to change your course of conduct. He'll use everything at his disposal. He'll use popularity. He'll use pleasure. He'll use prestige. He'll use money. He'll use whatever he can at his disposal to get you to change your course of conduct in every area of your life so you become more of a reflection of him that you be, so that you be, so that you begin to conduct yourself more like Satan did or Lucifer did than, than like Christ did. You see, in order for us to persevere, There is a course of conduct that we must follow, and we fail to follow it. Guess what? We're not persevering. We're not pressing on. We're not holding tight. We're not fighting the fight. We're not running the race. We're not keeping the faith when we don't persevere. God's desire is for you. God's desire is for me, according to Philippians 1.27, to conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Bible says. You and I, Paul said to the Philippian church, he spoke to the Philippian believer, and he starts this by saying, no matter what happens, you read it, no matter what happens, he says, you are to conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In order, in other words, what Paul was saying to the Philippian church is, no matter what happens in your life. No matter what trial or tribulation comes your way, no matter what discouragement comes your way, no matter what hardship or heartache you might suffer, no matter what sickness comes your way, no matter what lack might come your way, no matter what opposition might come your way, no matter what devil's uh, temptations might come your way, you are to conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you study it even more, what it's leaning towards saying is that you must conduct yourselves in a way that is equal to the word of God. Equal to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, if this is our course of conduct, what Paul was saying to the Philippian church is that your life must equal my words. Your life must equal what I speak to you and what I say to you. Your life must equal the, the word that I have sown into your life. You see, so many of God's people are not living equal to the Word of God. We're living beneath the Word of God, and it's why we've got no power in our life and why we've got no blessings in our life. We we need to understand that if we're going to call ourselves the sons and daughters of the Most High God, we need to live equal to what a son or daughter of the Most High God is. This is the course of conduct that you and I are to follow, and we don't. When we don't follow it, guess what? We are not persevering. 
The Philippian church is not the only church that God spoke these words to. In Ephesians, you see, when he wrote the, the book of Philippians, Paul was writing to the Philippian church, to the Philippian believers. In Ephesians 4, 7, Paul speaks the same words to the Ephesian church, to the Ephesian believers. And he says that you are to conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the call you're to conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the title Christian. You're to conduct yourselves in a manner worthy to attach the name of God to your life. And when you don't, you're not, you're not persevering. When you don't, you're a poor representation of God. Listen, we cannot conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the call or worthy of the word or equal to the word without the discipline of perseverance in our life. Why do you think that Paul spoke to two churches about conduct? Why do you think he wrote a letter to the Philippians and he wrote a letter to the Ephesians about their conduct? Why? Because they were not conducting themselves in a becoming manner. Because they were not conducting themselves like sons and daughters of the Most High God. They were not conducting themselves equal to the word that had been preached to them. And see, every time we hear the Word of God, we need to conduct ourselves according to the gospel that we have received. When I'm done this Word tonight, your responsibility and my responsibility is to conduct ourselves according to what we've just heard. And that's why Paul wrote this scripture. This is why Paul wrote what he, what he wrote, because they were not, they were not living up to the, the gospel that had preached. They were, their conduct was unbecoming as a Christian. The sad reality is there's an awful lot of times our conduct is unbecoming. Our conduct in front of our husbands or our conduct in front of our wives is unbecoming. There's times when our conduct in front of our children is unbecoming. There's times that we're at the workplace and our conduct is unbecoming. It is not a good representation of who we are, but God is saying and the Spirit of God is saying, look... In order for you to persevere, in order for you to become like Christ, you're going to have to do these things. You're going to have to remain on, on, on the course of conduct that's been established for your life. The second thing we're going to look at real quick, according to the same passage, according to the same definition, we are also to maintain a kingdom purpose in our lives in spite of any opposition. Again, that's what it meant, to maintain your kingdom purpose here on earth in spite of Opposition, in spite of discouragement, in spite of disappointment. How many of you have ever been disappointed in your life? How many of you ever been discouraged in your life? How many of you ever had someone speak against you or come against you or oppose you in some form or fashion in your life? Well, you know what? Perseverance means in spite of all of that, you're to maintain your purpose. You're to maintain your kingdom purpose here on earth. And I don't know whether you realize this or not, but every single one of you in the house of God has a kingdom purpose. As a son and daughter of the Most High God, you have a kingdom purpose. The devil's going to tell you otherwise. The devil's going to tell you you're good for nothing. The devil's going to tell you you're trash. The devil's going to tell you you're a loser. The devil's going to tell you you got no value to God. But I want you to know that every single one of you that's hearing my voice tonight, you've got a kingdom purpose which has been appointed in your life by God and what the Spirit of God is saying to us tonight because you do have a purpose you must maintain that purpose even in spite of all these things that are going to come against you in spite of the discouragement in spite of the disappointment in spite of the heartache in spite of what the devil tries to do you must maintain your kingdom purpose in your life listen the ultimate purpose in our life, the ultimate kingdom purpose that you and I have is to glorify the Father. 
The word of God tells us that in everything you do in word and in deed, you are to glorify the father. If you're living your life to glorify yourself, you're, you're living, you're living the wrong life. You're on the wrong course and you're not maintaining any kingdom purpose Our, but I want to take it even farther. Our ultimate purpose is to glorify the father in spite of, in spite of whatever the devil tries to do. In spite of whatever your day might bring, in spite of whatever heartache and hardship, whatever trial, tribulation, sadness and sorrow, in spite of whatever roadblock, in spite of whatever mountain or valley or sickness, in spite of whatever it is that comes your way, I am going to glorify my father. I'm going to fulfill my kingdom purpose in my life. You see, sometimes I think we forget that we have a kingdom purpose. But we do, church, and we must persevere in that kingdom purpose. Our purpose is to be salt and light in spite of what the devil tries to do. Our, our kingdom purpose, church, is to, to be a reflection of, of, of heaven in spite of, in spite of all of these things that might take place in your life. Our purpose is to love the Lord with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbors like ourselves in spite of how they abuse you, in spite of how they speak evil against you, in spite of how they ridicule you, in spite of how they mock you, in spite of how they use you. Do you understand what I'm saying? In spite of all of these things, we're to maintain our kingdom purpose. Our purpose is to share the gospel. Our purpose, our kingdom purpose is to go into the highways and the byways and share the good news of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world in spite of the opposition, in spite of the persecution like Paul and Silas did and like all the other disciples did, like all of our our founding fathers who went before us. They shared the good news of Jesus Christ in spite of. And what do we do at the first sign of opposition, at the first sign of ridicule, at the first sign of, of hardship, at the, first, at the first sense of embarrassment about standing up for Jesus, we shut up. And we don't proclaim the good news and the gospel. Listen to me. I, we are living in a generation where in spite of what the Board of Education says, in spite of what, what, what the, the school says, in spite of what the government says, we are to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are to share the good news. We are to be salt and light in spite of what they say. Listen, we're coming to a point when our government or our society is going to tell us, you can't say the name Jesus anywhere. Don't think it can't happen to us. It's happened all around the world. And what are we going to do when they say you can't speak the name of Jesus? Are we going to say, okay, I'll shut up and I'll be quiet? Or are we going to pursue and maintain our kingdom purpose on earth? Are we going to stand up for him and speak up for him? He who confesses me before men, I'll confess before my father. But the one who denies me before men, I'll deny before my father. We want it easy. We want it cheap. But there is, listen to me, every area of your life, there's not one single area of your life where your kingdom purpose isn't supposed to be fulfilled. Just because the school says you can't talk about Jesus, okay. No, that's wrong. That's false. I know that, oh, I don't want to stir up a bunch of, uh, a, a, a can of worms. I don't want my kids to get kicked out of school. But the reality is, you and I better teach our kids to stand up for Jesus. You and I better teach our kids that persecution is going to come their way. 
I'm not telling you to tell your kids to go out of the way to get kicked out of school. But when the Spirit of the Lord moves on you to talk about Jesus, you better talk about Jesus. The only thing needed for, good, for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. And we need to pursue our kingdom purpose wherever it is God leads us. Our purpose is to praise God in spite of how bad of a week we had. That's our kingdom purpose. Our kingdom purpose is to enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise in spite of how lousy of a week I had, in spite of what my son did or my daughter did, in spite of what my husband said or my wife said, in spite of what my boss did to me this week, in spite of how my uh, co- co-workers did something against me. That's my kingdom purpose, God. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to praise and press through in spite of all these other things. In spite of opposition, in spite of discouragement, in spite of what might come against this church. I hope you understand that no matter what came Christ's way, he did not give up or abandon what he had undertaken. And that was to do the Father's will. In John six thirty-eight, he said, I have come down from heaven for a purpose. Jesus knew he had a purpose. Jesus, Jesus didn't, didn't have any misunderstanding of his purpose. He made it very clear. I came down from heaven for a purpose. And then he tells us what his purpose is. But here's what I want you to understand. He said, I came down for a purpose. I left my throne in heaven for a purpose. I, I took off my crown for a purpose. I put aside my scepter for a purpose. And that purpose was to do the will of my Father. It was not to do my own will, but it was to do the will of my Father who sent me. That was my purpose, he said. And everything that Jesus went through, nothing, nothing was able to hinder his purpose. Nothing was able to shift him or, or move him from the kingdom purpose that he had in his life. Listen, if anyone had a reason to abandon the cause, it was Jesus. If anyone had a reason, if anyone faced opposition, it was Jesus. If anyone ever faced discouragement because of the events of their life, it was Jesus. If you don't think Jesus was discouraged because of Peter's denial, if you don't think Jesus was discouraged because of Judas's betrayal, you're wrong. If you don't think that Jesus was discouraged because of his false arrest, if you don't think he grew discouraged when every one of his disciples that said, I love you, scattered as soon as he was arrested, you're wrong. If you think Jesus wasn't discouraged, church, when his own people shouted, give us Barabbas, but crucify Christ. If you don't think Jesus was discouraged when he was beaten and when he was battered and when he was bruised, if you don't think he was discouraged when they ripped his beard from his face, when they mocked him and shoved a crown of thorns upon his head, if you don't think Jesus was discouraged when they nailed him to an old wooden cross and he had to carry that cross to Golgotha's hill, if you don't think he was discouraged, church, when they put a plaque above his head that said, King of the Jews, if you don't think he was discouraged, church, when he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You're sadly mistaken. Jesus was as discouraged as we were. But he persevered. He pressed on and he pressed through in spite of it all. Amen. This is what it means to persevere. I will maintain my kingdom purpose in spite of whatever comes my way. In spite of it, when they use you and abuse you and speak all sorts of evil against you, Paul said, I rejoice. Why? Because I'm fulfilling my kingdom purpose. We all need to start fulfilling God's purpose in our lives. 
We do it through perseverance. Quickly. Speaks to a third church because I'm going to start bringing this to a close. He speaks to a third church in Galatians 5, 7, and he writes to that church and says, You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Paul was saying to a third church. Again, he's writing to a, a third church in this one. And he says, You were advancing well. He says, You were progressing well. You were growing well. You were maturing well. You were following the truth well. But someone or something hindered you, church. It's exactly what he said. And the word hinder that Paul used here in the Greek literally means to bring to a stop by breaking up the road. It means to bring to a complete halt by breaking up the road. And here's what Paul was saying to the church. And it's what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. You were running well. You were fighting the fight. You were keeping the faith. You were doing the things that I want you to do, but who brought your faith to a stop by breaking up your road? Who brought your course of conduct to a stop? Who brought your kingdom purpose to a stop? Who caused you to give up and quit on the call of Christ and on the truth? In Galatians 5, 8, Paul finishes that statement by saying, that kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. He was telling the church the thing that has persuaded you to give up, the thing that has persuaded you to to walk away from the truth, the thing that has persuaded you to listen to a lie and follow a false doctrine didn't come from me, God said. It came from the devil. I want you to know that the devil is out there to bust up your road. I want you to know that the devil's going to do everything that he can to bust up the road that you're walking on. He's going to bust it up with sickness. He's going to bust it up with fear. He's going to bust it up with frustration. He's going to bust up your road with trials and tribulations and temptations. He's going to bust up your road and fill it with potholes and, and pitfalls. He's going to bust up your road with conflict and lies and guilt and shame and condemnation. He'll fill it with every, he'll do everything he can to bust up your road so you stop. So you stop. He's done it in my life. You know he's done it in yours and he's going to keep on doing it. He's going to bust up our road. And the reality is quitters never win. Quitters, quitters will never uh, cross over that finish line. And here's the, the passage that I want to close with. Philippians 3.16 it's the passage that I had in the very beginning. Paul writes to the Philippian church again, and he says, But whatever be the point that we have already reached, let us persevere in the same course. What he was saying to the Philippians is, Whatever place you have come to in your race, whatever place you have come to in your fight, whatever place you have come to in your faith, if you've been running for a week, if you've been fighting for a year, if you've been keeping the faith for a decade, he says, keep on fighting, keep on running, keep on persevering, but do it in the same course. He was saying, whatever, whatever point you are at in your race, keep fixed on a Christ-like course of conduct. Whatever point you're in in your faith, maintain your kingdom purpose and keep on going. Whatever point you're at, don't give up or abandon what you've started because this race goes until the end. So the reality is, church, whatever, whatever place we are at today, whether we're a brand new believer or whether we've been in the, in, in, in the, in the way of the Lord for 10 years, God's saying, I still want you all to persevere. Those are the three things that God's speaking to us today. Stay fixed. In Christ's course of conduct, 
Maintain your kingdom purpose on earth and do not abandon what you started. Once again, I close with this. Paul said, you were running well, church, who hindered you? You were running well, church, who busted up your road and brought you to a stop. And maybe you're here tonight and you're saying, God, that sounds a little bit like me or it sounds a lot like me. Maybe you're here tonight and you're willing to say, you know, God, the devil has certainly come in and he's busted up my road. He's brought all sorts of things and he's done all sorts of stuff that has, has caused me to stop. Stop one of these three areas in my life. And, and maybe, maybe you stopped praying. Maybe you stopped reading. Maybe you stopped trusting. Maybe you stopped hoping. Maybe you stopped believing. Maybe you stopped loving. Maybe you stopped serving. Maybe you stopped forgiving. I don't know. But if there's any area of your life where you say, God, that sounds a little bit like me. And I want you to, I want you to put me back on course. Oh, I, I need you to prod me, God, to keep on running. I need you to prod me, God, to keep on persevering. To, I need you to prod me to continue fixed on a Christ-like course of conduct to fulfill my kingdom purpose and to not give up along the way. If that's you tonight, I just want you to stand with me and say, God, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep on running. I'm going to keep on persevering in spite of. Amen. So let's make that our prayer that in spite of whatever the devil brings our way, We're able to do these three things in our life. Father God, we just thank you for your word this evening. We thank you, Father God, for your encouragement to persevere. We thank you, Father God, that you don't just call us to persevere. You give us everything we need to do it. You give us your word, your Holy Spirit. Father God, you've appointed pastors and spiritual leaders over us. You've given us everything that we need, Father God, to run this race and run it till the end. And I pray that you would do that, God, that you would help us to be those who persevere. That you would help us, Father God, to be the ones that fight the fight, run the race, and keep the faith in spite of whatever comes our way. In spite of whatever the devil might bring, God, we pray that you would help us in spite of the hardships and the heartaches, in spite of whatever the devil might loose against us, that we would be a people that perseveres. That we would stay fixed on a Christ-like course of conduct, that we would maintain our kingdom purpose in our life, and that we would never give up or give in. Jesus' name I pray, and all of God's people said, Amen. Can we just bless the Lord tonight, church? Amen. You go.